Now broadcasting from the Next Gen Conservative Studio in sunny South Florida. Bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, uh, recording here on a Monday afternoon with uh, Mr. Blame Max Sand. Uh, it's, not, it's not the same without, like, you play the intro first and I get that, that killer fucking bass line. Yeah, no. Uh, but, I mean, the audience will hear the intro oh, because, good. you know, what we'll, we'll, we'll so I just in. missed out on it. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. But um, anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, real quick announcement. Uh, just some general housekeeping things. Uh, next week there will be no show because I'll be uh vacationing on an, you know, to an undisclosed location. So uh, I'll be gone. Uh, next week and an then undisclosed the undisclosed location in the Middle East, as as I understand it. Yeah, go, going to go fight some terrorists or some, or something. Which, which side you choosing, Sammy? Gonna gonna go live out my, uh, you know, this book may you're be gonna, fiction. You're go full IDF, like head to toe with Star David flag. May maybe maybe, uh, you know who? Are you are you gonna rock that that Palestinian look, that classic like black mask? I mean, it is aesthetic, right? Well, you know. What what would what would jo- what would John Ryder do, huh? You've gotta you've gotta read. He'd probably he'd probably like start taking out the renegades of both sides. Just yeah, well, some real justice. Well, you've gotta read Shadows of Deception to find out. So you know, link in the description. There you so, go. And that's and that's how you plug, ladies and gentlemen. And that's how you. Plug. I spoiled it too. <laughs> yeah, he's he's no. a renegade. He's gonna do his own thing. No, no. What's what's worse, Max, is that you spoiled book number two, like the book that hasn't even come out yet. You you've spoiled so so great well, going. He's, they he's already man, know he's, he's a man of principles, right? And so he's gonna want to end the war, and but he understands the grim realities of life. So he's gonna have to take out the warriest of the warlords of either side, you know. And, he, and he's also, and he's also going to have to take on the military industrial complex, probably with some decently cool fucking vehicles along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, if, if not, Sam, you better add some cool vehicles. Because what uh, kind of spy doesn't have cool vehicles? Well, uh, well, have you Gadget, read the? Have you, you read can the... live without gadgets, right? Gadgets might even just be a Bond thing, right? But you gotta have the cool vehicles. And like the the exotic hot women. Have you read the uh, Have you read the Have you read the first one? Yeah, but I'm trying not to spoil anything. Yeah. No, uh, you know, apparently some of the gearheads in the show have like criticized uh, my use of like old convertibles. To which I say, like, why? Was it's there, fiction. Was, your critici- was there criticism of you being wrong about it, about something? Be oh, be 
Well, because the 1968 GTO, there was no way it could have been bulletproof because of, like, making it bulletproof would have weighed the car down, and that's... Yeah, and they were pretty fucking heavy, to be fair, but they're probably already, let's say, bullet-resistant. Yeah. They could probably take it, a few before that steel hole that they have on them fucking caves in just naturally. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's fiction, though. It's Especially fine. low caliber. Like, you can get away with, yeah, it's fiction. It's a fucking spy thing. You gotta have something exciting. Yeah, what happened to, to suspend your disbelief? We, we can... And you went we, American car because you're not fucking British. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> know, and because, and because that trope has... Because, because the British, the British super spy trope has already been overdone, but nobody has do, really done the American super spy well, trope. Especially like America, you know, like the fucking yeah. American muscle car. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, especially in that time period. I mean, John Wick kind of did it, but not like not to the not to the extent that like you know we've. I've done it basically. Um, I want I want eagles shooting firework guns with American flags flapping in the breeze. American pie, apple pie, warm as you fucking want, and some hot dogs and a baseball game going on. That's gonna be where your next fucking where the whole thing ends, right? Yeah, pr- pretty much, pretty much America. Fuck yeah, because yeah. why not? Unironically, America, fuck yeah. See, America, yeah. fuck yeah, was ironic, but I am unironically America, fuck yeah. No, the, the, the thing of the thing of is, is like that was ironic, but yet, like there are people who unironically, yeah, are, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, so on well, to I'm... the communist computer gangster god that was prophesied. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Francis so, Deck in the fifties in so his look, schizophrenia. Anyway, so look, well, you know, look, everyone's been talking like the Middle East, and you Even know, about the part where the fucking communist computer government god thing in the sky, uh, it, it sorts people by their ethnicity. He even got that right. Yes, it's amazing beautiful it's poetic we live in his nightmare <laughs> yes so you know we live in a world talk- where francis e deck's worst nightmare induced by the worst bout of schizophrenia ever that he wrote about for years is actually real well well what's funny max is we we live we now live in the dark future except we don't have any neon shit nor do we yeah, have any it's, it's not cyberpunk because we don't have the punk part or the cyber. We just got the fucking bad parts. We just got the corporations that spy on everything in the in the shady government in business for itself in the like threat of world wars every which way you look. We got we got all that bit. But we don't I don't have gorilla fucking arms and I don't have double jump legs and we I don't, don't get even, an implant. We don't even have like flying and We don't cars. have the style either. We got Zoomers with them fucking fluffed up haircuts and shit. Awful. The worst cyberpunk dystopia ever. Yeah, we yeah we don't even have flying cars. Like that was 
That was the bare minimum was flying cars. The bare minimum among boomers was like, I'd love to live in the Jetsons where we have flying cars and robots. And it's like, well, we got the, 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 the robots are bad. They're like, they don't work properly. And the the AI is stupid, but they've still Mm. managed to use it to brainwash the average idiot with their fucking DEI shit. And, um, Put put the computer chip in your fucking thumb, and all it is is a fucking GPS tracker. Gee, I wonder what that might be good for. Yeah, well, and and it's not, uh, it's not even anything useful. It's just a GPS tracker, so they can fucking know where you're at. It's not. Don't worry, it's not the government. This corporation knows where you're at. That's fine. Yeah, and also like, and TikTok knows when you take a shit, but that's fine. It's fine because we got what we got. What in trade for this dystopia? We didn't even get cool clothes. See the, the we got stupid rubber fucking boots. <laughs> I I, I can write the future shit. We didn't get fucking cyberpunk shit. We didn't get anything cool. We didn't get Star Trek shit. We didn't even get Star Wars shit. See Ma- see Max isn't sad that we're li- that we're living in a dystopia. He's sad that we're not living in a cool dystopia. It's, it's the least cool dystopia you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Uh, we got we got VR, but it makes me sick after about fifteen minutes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. Lo- I do love it. I have it fucking right next to me. I play fucking the drums mostly on it. There's this Viking drum game, and I sit there and wear myself out like a fucking maniac. It's so... a good workout thing for when it's fucking cold and shit. But like, yeah, we don't get anything cool, and then Joe Biden wants to take over. Great. We're going to have the Grandpa Joe AI. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, terrific segue, because... Um, and, and real quick, before we get into this it's article... Gonna, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to make AI do the thing. You know, I, the thing. I, I do want to point out that Max, like, actually... Because, see, we were, we were talking about this before the show. Like, a lot of people saw the clip of uh, Max taking on Secret Agent Boomer, which is hilarious and should be viewed by everyone. But the part that everyone missed is the fact that, or or the thing that everyone glossed over was the fact that Max was saying that boomers in uh, Washington should not regulate this shit for this exact reason. And, and then he and then he got mad because I he said, well, this whatever topic, I think it was elections, he said was decided at the state level. And I was like, yeah, but look at the state. The state level is full of tech illiterate boomers, not just boomers, period. OK, but tech illiterate or borderline tech illiterate boomers populate the halls of Washington and the halls of your state house and the halls of your town council. They are tech illiterate boomers. They do not know. That their children and grandchildren are like literally being fucking groomed into putting their nudes online by pedophiles that they met in Roblox. They don't know any of this fucking shit. They don't know how YouTube works. They don't know how YouTube censorship works. They They don't know how podcasts work. They don't know how the internet works. They have Facebook where they post pictures of their fucking dog. Max, Max, you're, you're giving them too much credit, okay? The, the boomers in Washington... They don't even know how to use their smartphones. I kid you not. No, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm not giving it credit. They literally have somebody else they, who posts on Twitter for them. They might say the thing that gets posted, 
They might tell, oh, hey, blah, 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 blah. But they're not even fucking doing their X's or their tweets or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'm still going to call it tweets forever. I've been on Twitter for 15 years. They just give me my anniversary thing. Like, oh, you've been on Twitter for 15 years. My response was like, I reposted it with what a waste of time. (laughs) They, um... You can call it fucking X. You can call it fucking dog shit. It doesn't fucking matter. It's a tweet. And these people, they tweet by saying, hey, Zoomer staffer, you're my tweeter now. Say this or make a tweet that's funny or make a tweet that that's why they're all snarky now. No, (laughs) that's what Democrats like. They like they like mean spirited snarky. Well, because well, because. Well, because to they be think fair, I think AOC tweets for herself, but AOC is not a fucking boomer. Well, also, I think here's the thing is I, I think I think they think that like, oh, well, since Trump did it and it worked for him, like if we do the exact same thing, it'll work for us. And no, Trump, it, but, but but Trump has been in a different position than them because he's always had goodwill. It, it, like, he's yeah. been, like politicians inherently will split people 50 50 about them. Like automatically off the gate, like 40% of the population decides they don't like you because you're the other party. Okay. But like Trump wasn't that Trump was an entertainer. He was a businessman. They all liked the fucking apprentice. You can, you can listen to all the shit that everyone talked, but they all tuned in live on Monday nights back in the early 2000s to watch the apprentice. It was the number one rated fucking show almost of all time. Yeah, no. And that, and I, and I, and listen, I was no exception. I liked the uh, the apprentice. He wasn't even the entertaining part of the show, to be fair, but he was front and center through the whole thing. No, the entertaining I... part of the show is people trying to navigate these hoops he's putting them through. But usually, you could understand the nature of the hoops, even if it was a, if it's just kind of a stupid challenge for a reality show. It was a little bit different than Survivor, where Survivor was all themed on being a survivalist or whatever. It was like, hey, you need to convince people to buy this product. On the spot, yeah, no, and we and, don't even know what the product is. And uh, and as a shit. and as a kid, like me watching that, and a bunch of other people were like, "Wow, like starting a business is actually like really cool." Like Shark Tank, Shark Tank, still one of the top fucking rated shows in the world, right? Yeah, I want it, it, it's a it's a fascination people have with the drama of a small or independent business. Unfortunately. The thing about that is, is people kind of speak with their wallets in a very different way. And they all, yeah. in the end, and, and we're all guilty of this, go to Walmart instead. Or, you know, whatever's easiest rather than supporting small businesses because they cost a little more. And they might not have the, the thing you want right away or whatever. It's just easier not to. It's easier to order on Amazon or something. Uh, but we're all interested in the story, in the in the drama and the passion yeah. of the small business and it makes for great television. Yeah. So, uh, getting back to the subject of AI, I, I do want to br- bring this up. I, I want to start off by saying, and I apologize to the regular listeners for repeating myself, but on the off chance that we have new listeners, I want to emphasize that AI is not going anywhere. It's not a fad. It's, it's basically here it's to been stay. around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not new either. We just recently this year had Kurt Doolittle, who's an expert in the field. And speaking of, you know, we were I was talking about tech illiterate boomers. Well, Kurt's the exact opposite. He was involved with the creation of some of this stuff. Right. 
And he has a similar opinion to us on the topic, by the way, in terms of government regulation. So I'm not saying it's boomers are bad. That's not the rant. Max doesn't just hate boomers. There are some things besides technology that I look to that, that, that as a generation they did that I'm not a big fan of and have had repercussions. But on the subject of tech, I'm specifically talking about the kind of people that go into tech or politics. I'm sorry, go into politics or, or into, into uh, the media at that time didn't need to be super tech literate. And now they're just fucking basically tech illiterate. Right. Long ago, you didn't need a fucking cell phone. I lived in a fucking cell phone free life right up until I had my son and I was happy and I was fine. You don't need to be plugged in all the time, but, but now it feels like it's been forever so that we all are. Right. And uh, people that that's so new in the span of their 70 year life. And you also don't have a lot of other things in common with them, just so you know, in terms of how you live your life, because they're that old. So, but they so, don't know technology. There's boomers that built this fucking technology. That's why I bring up Kurt Doolittle. We could have him on. He can explain how AI works in exhaustive detail to you because he knows his shit. It's not all boomers. But the people that don't know it, like, I don't know, maybe out of the blue, like, let's just throw a name out there. Joe Biden now yeah. want to nationalize it? Essentially. Well, let, let's, let's break down this headline, shall we? So this comes from <laughs> variety of all places. Even of variety, course. like because that's where you get proper news now. Well, I, I'm it's entertainment actually, websites. Like even 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 variety knows that this is kind of that something's amiss here. So headline: uh, Joe Biden grew more worried about AI after watching Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. Says White House deputy. Okay, and that this is first. In, first. We have a lot of fucking problems going on. Why the fuck is he watching any movies at all? Sorry, not sorry. He had, he had a big fucking, and, and people don't even know this. The other day, like, like a couple weeks ago, they had a big Sunday barbecue right when the fucking terror attacks had broken out. Yeah. They, were, they had a band. They had a band on the White House lawn. and the, It was an end of summer barbecue for Joe, and he had plenty of vanilla ice cream, ladies and gentlemen, just so you all know and you're aware. But yeah, yeah, no, he saw a movie and then decided that he was scared of AI. Well, did you ever see Terminator? Yeah, well, th well, this is the whole thing, you ever right? Ever seen the Matrix? Uh... Yeah. So President Joe Biden signed an executive order on Monday establishing new standards and security measures regarding Ace Odyssey. Sorry, sorry. Regarding artificial intelligence, uh, Deputy White House. Chief of Staff Bruce Reed told the AP via Time that AI is an issue of great importance to the president, who was quote unquote impressed and alarmed after seeing fake AI images of himself and learning hold about. Up, hold up, hold up. How much you want to bet what he saw was the president's Let's Play video games channel that they got, where him and Donald Trump play video games together how much you want to bet that's what they showed him oh yeah oh yeah the the gta uh you know thing where he and obama and trump all like rob a bank together or something yeah yeah, yeah. It's great it's it's hilarious it's and it's actually kind of wholesome like they're buddies you know and they tease each other it's yeah. great 
Uh, but that's pro like if, if if they showed him anything, I feel like they would have showed him one of those clips. Right. And then right. like, we have to stop this, sir. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Is so we can't have a generation of kids thinking you were playing GTA five with <laughs> Obama and Trump. So I don't want to, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but essentially what happened well, was that might be a disaster somehow for the country. If kids think you played GTA with Obama and Trump on a fucking let's play channel, it's the worst thing in the world. It's not like we got wars breaking out. It's not like we're funding wars all over the place. It's not like we're starving and poor. It's not like there's fucking homeless veterans. It's not like the fucking. Nah, nah. We gotta worry about the presidents play GTA on fucking YouTube. Great I job mean, and fucking Mission Impossible. Great job, Joe. I mean, we. I mean, Max, we can laugh, but this is this is basically like the. This we all have is, to. What else is there to do but laugh? <laughs> I know, right? But what, what, this we is gotta, the state of things. Joe Biden this sitting one. there, and they're like, "Mr. President, we have something really important to show you," and it's him playing fucking GTA with Trump and making jokes at each other, and he's like. We need to nationalize AI. No, and welcome and, to the machine. And that is that is now that is get our communist computer gangster god that Francis E. Deck prophesied. And so, if that's the case, then he's a prophet. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start taking what he said a lot more seriously. And that is that is exactly what uh, is going on. So maybe he did get beat up on a flight out of fucking New York airport and dragged off in the woods. So Maybe that happened. I don't know anymore. So basically, Obama, I mean, <laughs> Biden, sorry, I, I, I tend to conflate Obama and Biden together now. I wonder, I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. So basically, oh, oh, you know what? Fuck it. Oh, Biden. Let's just, let's just put the, let's just, let's just make it easy. Oh, Biden, uh, basically signed an executive order which basically uh he wants to watermark ai or he wants to basically like put a label on anything that is created with with ai which okay. may sound good but here's the problem is even the most mundane thing that is uh a it's an egregious first amendment violation first and foremost ah but that's the problem is they let them fucking label video games and movies and albums yeah yeah well, it's no, almost yeah. like you mean well it's almost like the road to hell is paved with good intentions yeah but no if here's the thing if you're going to label things with AI, then basically, like, every paper that I've ever written is now going to be labeled as, like, created with AI because Holy the... Shit. Sam's a cyborg, ladies and gentlemen. In the because... news, at least we got that. In the new world, Sam Whitfield is a cyborg. So well, we do have a cyberpunk dystopia. Well, no, think, think of it this way, Max. So the way your, I... Your cyborg intelligence, that's amazing. The way I the way I've always written papers, um, using voice, 
using yeah, voice or, or voice to voice to text sorry yeah voice to voice to text that is it's not ai in the in the way that we generally think of it but it is no, it, AI. Is. it is ai in the way we normally think of it that's the thing is ai in the way we normally think of it isn't this magical omnipotent being like the terminator that's that's not what chat gpt is or ever could be right uh yeah, but no, I I mean I speak but into explain a, that to a boomer. I speak into a mic. Well, Joe Biden, Joe Biden's worse. Joe Biden's not a boomer. You know this? He's a silent generation guy. Yeah, no, no, that that's that's true. At least, yeah, Trump, at least Trump is like the bare minimum of like the oldest tier of boomer. You yeah, know what I'm saying. But like, still, it's all boomers doing the regulation from the top on down. There's only a few. People who are like Gen X basically didn't didn't get invested in politics. There's not as many nearly Gen X politicians in in these offices. Even in your local vicinity, you might see a few more, but in the national scene, they're almost non-existent. And and like millennials are now just coming of age to get into politics. And you know, the 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 oldest millennials have only been old enough to run for president for like a year and a half. And they're and they're not and they're not really interested in running either. Vivek is the first millennial to run for president under a major party. Yeah, and and they're and they're really not interested in general. That's not um, true. That's not true at all. Millennials, no. That's not true. They are they are interested, but they're they're older. They're not activists. It's different. They vote. They vote in larger numbers than Gen X and the Boomers did. And yeah, the that is election, true. The next election, millennials are the uh, the the majority voting block. Boomers' last election as the majority voting block was last twenty uh, twenty. I I'm not saying I wasn't saying that that they're not interested in voting. I'm saying that they that to me at least it doesn't seem like millennials are interested in in running for. I would I would strongly disagree. I I would say that most of this Trump movement is on the back of millennials. Okay, well, yeah, that 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 is, hmm, yeah, actually, you're right. Now that I think about it, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big right. I, Max has never been more right about anything. The Trump brand of the GOP is the millennial brand of conservatism, and yeah. will always be that. And we're gonna be the we're gonna be the majority for a long time, at least until Gen Alpha. We'll see. We'll see then. Like, like the Zoomers, this... the, both Gen X and the Zoomers have significantly less people than us, and significantly less people active in in voting. Now, Zoomers, you expect more of them will end up voting, and less of them will be activists as they get older, because that's what always happens. Yeah, but they they we still outnumber them significantly. So, uh, like, yeah, millennials are going to be a force in politics, and for good and for bad, because th that means the left, too. Th this new brand of more radicalized leftism is a little bit, yeah, it's a millennial brand of it, sure. Yeah. And it's a counter action, I guess, to the, to the Trump brand of conservatism, but that's going to be the fucking battlefield going forward, and I've said this since the beginning. And it was destined to happen. If it wasn't Trump, it was going to be somebody else, because Rush Limbaugh didn't have... 30 fucking million people listening to him every day for no reason. And he wasn't really represented by the Bushes because he said so. He right. made more money during the Bush administration than he did during the Obama administration criticizing the Bushes. Yeah, he had that... more listeners at that point because people were fed up. So 
I don't, I don't know. There's a lot going on. And, and yeah, millennials have been affected by a lot of political uh, incidents more than other generations. We had 9-11. We had the war. We had the recession. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. We that had the brought... election of Obama, which was a big deal and primarily was on the backs of millennials as well, for better or for worse. Yeah, it's also interesting that you bring up Rush because um, like a lot of millennials and I'm I'm one of them. Uh, there was there was a whole generation of kids known as Rush Babies. I, I was one of them because I grew up listening to Rush. I think it's in, like two generations because I, I grew up listening to Rush with my granddad in the 90s. Yeah. Listening to him talk about the fucking deficit. And I'll tell you, the deficit he was complaining about then was a lot smaller than it is now. Right. I well, think we should bring back the fucking dollar bill deficit ribbons. That'd be fun. Well, Except it also... for inflation now instead of the deficit. A dollar infla inflation ribbon you wear just to keep people aware. Because Ghost Biden's like, it cut it in half. Bitch, it's cumulative. Well, also, though, th this brings up this brings up a good point. We we so we want to. It's talk not about... like if you cut it in half, it goes down. That just means it went up by a little less. You fucking moron. Yeah. So, um, no, it's interesting that you bring up the '90s because one of the things that um, that has been brought to my one of the things that Rush actually mentioned was. That back in the late eighties, there were a lot of there were a lot of Democrats that wanted to uh, nationalize the personal computing industry, just like a lot of them mm -hmm. wanted to nationalize AI because they wanted IBM. IBM had to play ball. Yeah, yeah no, like to a degree that people don't even understand. IBM, in order to not get nationalized, basically had to nationalize themselves. And that is why IBM is not the powerhouse that it used to be in the 80s and before. Right. In, in the mob, because they were shackled at that point. But then they didn't get the, they, they didn't nationalize the computing industry, right? So then the competitors who popped up, all these like cheaper manufacturers like HP, Dell, so on, they could use the Windows operating system and sell way cheaper than IBM were using because they agreed to only use proprietary parts and only blah, 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 blah for American made American, this American, that all these other companies weren't fucking handcuffed down by that. And they just drove IBM into the dirt. The only thing IBM does now is supercomputing. Well, no, you, you want to know what's funny is I, I was reading that, um, and like that, theoretical shit, but they don't make product. Like when's the last time you bought an IBM product? Uh, right? you probably never have in your I whole never life. have like like yeah. like like I, I know that my I know that like back in the like right before I was born I know that I know that my mom had like an MS-DOS machine like in her home office but that was like in 1990 that was like in 1993 and she had she had a uh she had like a Windows computer like at her office but like Having a having a GUI or a graphical user interface like that was like a luxury thing, like you know, back right? In, but you could get one cheaper at, at a very quick pace. They the prices, because even even IBM compatible still had to follow the IBM uh, uh, deals that they made with the government. Did you, like so like uh, Tandy yeah. the the Radio Shack one, they they still had to adhere to the same rules because they were making IBM compatible products. 
And IBM right. compatible products got beat the fuck out by Microsoft and OEMs like Hewlett Packard, Dell. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of some of the other old school ones, but they just they just wiped the floor with them. Yeah. And that was because they got handcuffed down by this government regulation that was done in the same spirit. I'm glad you brought it up like that because it was done in the same spirit of these computer, this computer industry is going to wreak havoc in our culture. So we have to regulate them all. And IBM was like, okay, we can operate under these guidelines. And then all the other competitors who came along later were like, well, they're not going to nationalize us. Why would we follow your stupid fucking guidelines? We can, we can make more money than you. Right, you're our bitch now, and they're going to do the exact same thing with AI. Yeah, well, they're going to ensure that one corporate mega over corporation runs all the AI. Yeah, and which, which, ironically, Max. Okay, so I haven't seen the new. It's not going to be an American. They're ensuring it won't be an American one either. Well, also, Max, like what's hilarious to me about Biden. I hope everybody learned some Chinese. Well, what's what's hilarious to me about Biden freaking out about the Mission Impossible movie is I haven't seen I haven't seen the Mission Impossible movie that they're talking about, but from what I've been told, like uh, spoiler, but one of the whole things is that the the evil AI that takes over in Mission Impossible, one of the problems is that it is it is overly controlled by like one central entity. Well, yeah, but like you and, can't expect him to pay attention to a ninety minute film. Well, yeah, that that's true. You know how many ice creams they had to bring him in the screening of this movie, Sam? <laughs> probably like probably like five or six. Yeah, I, I'm. That's a know, long time for him. He probably had to poop at least twice. Probably. And, um, and probably a dish of applesauce with his medication mixed in, too. That's 90 whole minutes, bro. Well, no, but what I'm saying is if Biden actually He's like were... ancient. Well, what I'm saying is if Biden were paying attention, or let me put it this way. If, if any of his aides were paying attention and, and like actually summarized the movie well for him, they would know that, like, no, Mr. President, like, regulating ai is what actually caused like this terror attack to happen yeah but they're communists oh yeah well that you know they want to regulate everything with an ai yeah yeah like so yeah covid did you nothing that they will jump at any opportunity to make themselves feel like even the most petty of tyrants that's ever existed well yeah i know i know that but but what it but what's funny to me is, like, supposedly Biden is freaking out about the thing that he himself is, like, creating. That's what's hilarious to me. True. Maybe he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't care. They gave him an ice cream and a fucking laxative, and he was good. I, I do want to play this uh, clip from he the He doesn't Ellen. know what, like, there's no way he knows the extent of, like, poverty right now. There's no way he understands it. No. Well. <laughs> there's no I, fucking way. He probably, to him, like, to him, poverty is probably, like, not having, like, the latest, Well, no, there is one way. There's one way. If he's a sociopath, which is possible. I mean, the thought has definitely crossed my mind that that's possible. Well, I think they're all, to some degree, a bit of a sociopath. 
I think you have to be to seek those jobs. Yeah. I think most normal people don't want the fucking weight of that on their shoulders, but unfortunately what that leads to is corrupt and crooked men taking the reins of that power. Yeah. And then we watch him fiddle as Rome burns and eat ice cream as inflation goes through the roof and says, hey guys, it was only half as bad as last year. Oh yeah, on top of the last three years? Wow, thanks, Joe. Yeah. The most inflation we've ever experienced in our whole life happened in three years. But it's only half as bad this year. Thanks, Joe. Great job. And yet, and yet, re- and yet regulating AI is like more of a concern to him than fixing the economy. Well, because he, he can't. Because then the greenies will be mad at him. Which, which, by the way, like regulating AI would actually would um all this is and is is like an excuse to regulate software in general. And I I, I want to play yep. this. <laughs> there, bingo! There you go. I want to play this clip from the Ellen podcast because uh, they actually do a better job of summarizing this whole thing better than I do. Um, and for those who don't know. Nobody does a better job than the Whitfield Report, sir. Well, they do a fantastic job over there. What was the show? The the All in Podcast. Yeah, wonderful show. Which I don't know if you've if you've ever heard these guys, but they're basically a bunch of (laughs) not in my life. I have no idea. (laughs) Okay, so they're a bunch of they're venture capitalist um, based. They're venture capitalist guys, and actually. Uh, two of the guys on the panel started as like being like fairly liberal, but because of all this woke shit, they've gotten more like conservative over time, which is, got it. which is actually pretty fascinating. I, I do want to play a clip of well, pri- them, like, their primary interest in this podcast is in the business aspect of it as well. Yes. Okay. Um, so I want to. I want to set this up because they go over the uh, basically Biden wanting to regulate this stuff. And uh, if, if you want to jump in at any point, Max, uh, let me know. So I'll queue up the uh, the clip here. Um, no, it'd be so. in, it'd be interesting to hear it from the business side of things because I, I have a feeling I know what they're going to say then. Yeah, because it's obvious to anybody in any business that, you know. What he what he's proposing is not a great idea. Yeah. All right. So I'm not going to play the whole. I'm not going to play the whole of this, but I'll play enough of it to get a point. So uh, this is from last week's on podcast uh, clip number four. Go. Let's transition from one bubble to the most recent bubble. So AI regulation, given the frenzy and frothiness and fear mongering on AI destroying the world which I would personally argue is largely fear porn. Amen. The Biden administration took it upon themselves to try and be leaders in regulating AI and published an executive order on October 30th. This long-anticipated executive order covers a very broad range of matters in a 111-page order document. It covers very specific actions in very detailed terms. Yeah, I just want to, one thing is, I have not read the full text yet. It's 110 pages, and I just haven't, but, um... Yeah, 100, 110 pages, though, just in general, 
you know, think about that. That's, like, that's not a lot for an order, but for an executive order, it's kind of a lot. But it is, to it, be fair, it's it, a complex topic. It's not a lot, but think of it this way. Like, it's enough to where the average person is not going to bother reading it. And I think that's kind Which of... Which is why I'm going to read it in full. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, like, um, I'm sure most of it is purposely boring and kind of mundane. No, Max. And doesn't really say much. What, what we should... What you should that's read That's how it. the government usually writes those things. Most it, of it isn't even relevant, or it's like explaining who the parties are and what they mean and definitions of terms and things. How how about this? Like, I don't know when we'll do it, but like you should, but like if you could read it and then kind of summarize it on like a future episode of the show, that would be terrific. Um, yeah, some of my some of my tech guy friends have said it's essentially nationalization in the same way as IBM. Was yeah, the well, exact phrase it was the exact phrase used, which means. It's a, it's, they're going to consent to it. The main companies, which I assume would be Google and fucking Microsoft. Yeah. And then so. everybody, they are going to for a while have an advantage. But the, like I said, the problem with IBM is when somebody moves outside of that bubble, that's restrained by this uh, agreement, they're going to be able to outcompete them, which means that every other country is going to be able to compete, to, be able to outcompete them now. Yeah. Go, right. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to point out I haven't read the whole thing. That's a 110-page document, and if anybody expected that I would have read it by now, I, I apologize because that's no, a no. lot. But I will. I, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting it because I, I, I was just listening to this episode last night, and I was like, oh, hold on, this this would be the a thing. Fast is, is I've read a lot of legal documents, and for that reason, the reason I say boomers are tech illiterate is because I've read so many documents related to technology. Yeah. yeah, legal documents related to technology where they don't even understand like the simplest of fucking things, but they're making laws about it. Yeah, no, and and that's that's the whole that's the whole crux of the matter here. I think is like we have people who don't understand. And technically, what... an executive order is Joe Biden says, and he's the last person who should be regulating any technology. Of course, we know it's a, a whole team of lawyers writes the fucking thing, right? We're not stupid. Right. But technically, what an executive order means is it's an order from the executive. Right. So Joe Biden is telling us what we should be doing with AI. Yeah. Great. Brilliant. Brilliant. He, he's a technical you, really, you really know that the guy that shit himself in front of the Pope is your fucking... Go on, go on. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. It's an executive order, so it's not right. legislation. And there's much in here that some would argue needs to be legislated. As an executive order, it can be overturned very quickly and easily by the next administration. It largely demands voluntary action ah, from technology companies to submit their models, infrastructure, and tools voluntary. for review, for proof of safety, Don't forget the or else. equity and inclusion. There's an equity inclusion component, which is that your models have to account for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Diversity, yeah. equity, and inclusion. There's a phrase from the executive order. The term dual-use foundational model means an AI model that is trained on broad data, generally uses self-supervision, contains at least tens of billions of parameters, is applicable across a wide range of contexts, and that exhibits high levels of performance at tasks that pose a serious risk to security, national economic security, public safety, or any combination of those matters, none of which ultimately describes endpoints, none of which describes loss 
or applications. To me, this is the biggest problem I see with the executive order and with the approach to AI regulation broadly, particularly with what's being developed and has been leaked in terms of what's being developed out of the EU, which is that many of these government agencies, government actors are trying to define and regulate systems and methods rather than regulate algorithms right. and applications. For example, if you were to say you cannot commit- No, that's so, important. Yeah, it, so, it, it, they're, they're regulating the fucking, the process of cooking, not the food. Yeah, so this guy, David, David Friedberg, he is, he is kind of like a younger version of uh, Kurt Doolittle as far as the way he speaks because he's very into like- well, I, I'm going to judge him on his own. I don't like to make those kind of comparisons, but like what he said there, yeah. his concern was that it's most largely voluntary. And people might say, why is that a concern? Exactly what I said, because you now, the companies that agree to this are going to then restructure their company to abide it. Yeah. And that, that's why it's an executive order. If you, if you weren't aware, because he's like, oh, it can be easily overturned and it should be legislated. No, they did it for this way for a reason. They get Google to say, Oh yeah, the DEI models and all that in the AI, that was uh the the government made us do that. That was an executive order. We're not responsible for it. No, it's now right. it's official from the government. They told us to do that. And so they're going to restructure in such a way that that's built baked into the cake forever. E even Fuck even whether the thing gets repealed. Of course it's going to get repealed the next time a Republican gets in office. That's not the point. The point is they've already got these major companies following it. Well, and think about it. If this you want to dabble in AI, you have to agree to abide our fucking terms or we're going to legislate you into the fucking dirt. Yeah. That's one, what this is. One, it's extorting all the companies that don't want to play ball, too. Well, and think about it this way. Like, Google and all these other big tech companies, like, I, I, I can almost bet you money. I can guarantee you that, that they have lobbyists in D.C. Uh -huh. Who wrote this? Yeah. Yeah. Who wrote, who wrote this to serve? <laughs> they wrote it. To serve to serve themselves, like, yeah, to yeah, to serve those companies and fuck their competition into the dirt, which is how all this regulation comes about. And and, and to fuck and to fuck startups that are like getting uh, that are starting to get involved in AI. Which, but in the long scale of things, the double-edged sword is the IBM effect, where now you're handcuffed to the government regulations that you agreed upon in the '80s, and things have changed, right? And that's yeah. the same fucking thing will happen, but it's going to happen faster because we have a global economy now, especially with computing. And so all they have to do is just set up their AI operations in fucking Guam. I'm not Guam because that's a U.S. territory, but you, you, some fucking foreign right. in Zimbabwe or something. And, and they're good. Now they have their AI farm and they're immune from your regulation and people can still access it on the fucking Internet. Yeah. Oh, let's handcuff our own companies. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done enough of that in the last 30 years. What the fuck? You're, they're outsourcing AI right now is what they're doing. Yeah, no. And, and, uh, the one, one fucking thing we have left, they're outsourcing. Yeah, and yeah, and one, and one of the guys is actually going to bring that up here in a bit. So, yeah. Fraud and falsely impersonate someone using software. You can rightly say that it follows the rule of law. And we should be able to adjudicate yeah, that's still that cleanly fraud. in courts. Instead, to have government agencies and have what this executive order describes as a chief AI officer in every federal agency responsible for regulating the systems and methods of all the not the outcomes, as he pointed out, private companies that are building software 
to say this is the scale that your software can get to. You could have a certain number of parameters. If you're bigger than this number of parameters, we have to come in and check your software. Creates an outlandish standard and one that makes absolutely no sense, particularly in the context of the pace of AI's progression. Remember, the paper that was foundational to transformer model development, which is what a lot of people yeah. call AI today, which has developed these LLMs and so on, came out in 2017 and wasn't really widely adopted until 2018 as a standard. We're five years into this. So the way that we're making models, the types of models we're building, the scale of the models, the number of parameters being used, the pace at which these things is changing is staggering. We are only in the first inning. And so to come out and say, here are the standards by which we want to now regulate you, this is the size that the model can be, these are the types of models. And that's another thing too is, like in almost every industry, innovation outpaces legislation. In almost every industry, they've done the same fucking thing. You look at the yes. movie industry. You look at the fucking comic book industry in the 40s and 50s. You look at the fucking music industry. In the music industry, almost up until the fucking 2000s. And, and including that, because the DMCA was regarding the fucking music industry originally. So, yeah. like, every major industry, the computing industry, as we mentioned, with the, IBM. The, odd uh, the censorship of the fucking 90s, where they wanted to put stickers on albums. Like, all of this shit moves. They do this every time, and every time it either holds the industry back or it's just a pointless waste of time that gives some government people jobs and money. Well, let, well let's go One back even further. Let's go back even further. The the automotive, and this is way before either of, of us were. Yeah, they hated Henry Ford. Yeah, the uh, the automotive industry, the, like the government was trying to hamper the automotive industry. Why? Because uh, it would have, because the automotive industry would have killed the, uh, you know, the horse yep. and cattle. And television uh, is in television is brainwashing the youth, and radio is evil, and. Alcohol production is the devil, and literally every industry you can point to in America at some point has been demonized and legislated by people that didn't understand it, and either they they withstood that and became stronger because of it, like Henry Ford, or they went with the flow and fucking became a fucking subject to it, like IBM. Either way, they're asking all the companies making the fucking shit now to make that choice. Yeah, be Henry Ford and fight us forever in legislation and personally suffer greatly as much as he profited. He fucking suffered in terms of his health and things. It's mental yeah. health. Um, you fight the government forever or you're going to be friends with the government and do what they say and sell out, essentially. Yeah. Those are your fucking options. And Google, we all know what Google's got. Oh, oh, DI it has to have DI. Hey, we already had it. As a matter of fact, Google will probably say we got the DEI initiatives that everybody else can use. They 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 were the ones who probably included like, hey Joe, make sure to put something out in DEI. Yeah. They they and were Microsoft probably... is just like, oh look, our hands are tied. We got to have some DEI guys. Yeah, we're we're not bad though. We're not like the mother guys. Like we're 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 kind of okay. We're yeah. trying to avoid the fucking political shit, but we're going to bake it into the fucking cake because the government told us we have to. Yeah. They can't even be held responsible. You can't even the be like, oh, Microsoft, you fucking, because the government said so. It's an executive order. What are you going to do? Yeah. And so even when that executive order gets repealed in three years, they're going to keep the fucking practices. And that's why he keeps focusing on systems and practices because it's fucking important. It's not the outcome. The outcome he's talking about 
let's say, was fraud, right? Yeah. So the outcome of an AI is that they can make a, make a Sam Whitfield AI and have him say some shit you never said. And through that, cause somebody to, to give money fraudulently in your name. Yes, that can happen. That's an outcome of AI. Yeah. That's not how AI works. And it's not like that requires the human component, the person that made that thing to do that thing. Right? Yeah. So they're not regulating the fucking outcomes. They're regulating the systems of how you get there in the vague, vain attempt to say, this will make sure that outcome never happens, which it still will. Yeah. Because if you understand how computers fucking work and you understand a little bit about code, you can talk them into breaking their own rules very easily and people do all the time not even not even just that but but like malicious actors no matter no matter it, no matter what it is uh malicious actors will figure out a way to get around the laws there's already there's already a dark net fucking op- open ai like a, a chat gpt made by like the fucking dark net and criminals oh. Th- that exists oh yeah I'm sure it'll only get better over time and their regulation will do nothing to stop that. Yeah, no, that, that, that was, that was something that Elon actually tweeted about like a couple, a couple of days ago, actually. Yeah, no, this guy clearly knows what he's talking about. Uh, and that's yeah. why I, I, I can't disagree with anything he said there. And, and you know, the regulation, if you look historically, it's never helped. It's never actually done anything helping. Did regulating the comic books in the 50s stop serial killers? Because that's what they thought it was going to do. No. It, it, There's still serial killers, right? It, it may. But they regulated the comic books. How can there still be serial killers? Because. They, oh, oh, they banned. Uh, they, 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 they harassed Eazy-E. They murdered Eazy-E. Is there still gangster rap? Is there still gangsters? I believe there is. I believe there's still gangsters in the hood. They, they were trying to, uh, at one point, blame violent video games. And, that, and I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole because I know that this is, you know, Oh, but they, look, they, they put you. warning stickers on them. Do you, think, do you think that that government had nothing to do with the fucking ESRB that everybody hates? Yeah, well, well they, they tried to. It's uh, the only way to not get regulated. The same with the fucking record industry. It was like. They say it's voluntary. It is comply or else. They they try to, and then it is a hindrance to you in the future. Now the labels on records, maybe not, because people made them. They rocked them. They were like, "I got a parental advisory sticker. We're cool." Yeah, we're cool. Okay, but like that's not always the case, and the ESRB is a good example of it because oftentimes I think for a while they didn't regulate anything to do with loot boxes in terms of the rating, right? So they were making kids games. With uh, what most people consider gambling mechanics. I, I don't actually care about loot boxes so much when they're targeted towards adults. But target that to kid towards shit towards kids, you could at least put a warning uh, on the label, which is what they ended up having to do, but they got brought to court to do it. But it, mostly it's a useless fucking system is what I'm trying to say. Nobody makes those decisions. Yeah. I think, you know, people let their kids watch rated R movies. They didn't give a fuck the same kind of thing I, I i mostly try to avoid sexual content for my kid that's about like and then really crazy depictions of violence like he's not playing mortal Kombat. 
He's playing like Marvel yeah. superhero Lego guys. Or that's his like favorite game in the world. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, or you're Ninja Turtles. He likes Shredder's kid. Revenge. I also like Shredder's Revenge. You, so your kid's not uh, shooting people in the dicks in uh, in RoboCop Rogue Rogue City, which, by the way, is I, I, I finally got actually, a copy. I wouldn't even have a problem with that. Although it's a very visceral fucking game, it's not all that bad. Uh, the viol- I just don't think, <laughs> I, I just don't think graphic violence in a video game is that fucking bad. Because no, and, and, well, also, and also I don't I try not to, like I'm not trying to avoid showing him that the violence is not the problem. It's it's the sexual content, swearing, anything to do with politics. I avoid that. He played. Did you hear of that game when it came out, Slayers X Wrath of the Slayer or something like that? I, I've i heard of it, but I've never played it. It's a boomer shooter that a guy designed when he was 13 in his notebook. And then he became like a developer for real. And when he became an indie developer, he made the game he, as he envisioned it when he was 13. So with the old school graphics and he doesn't swear. And it's a boomer shooter. It's kind of violent, and it talks about poop, but he plays that. Like, literally, it was designed by a 13-year-old mind, if you can imagine, like, he's trying to save his girlfriend, and the, and the cutscenes look like they're made in, like, the 90s, too. It's great. It's, fan- it's a fantastic little game, and he wants to play that, and I was like, yeah, fine. That, that's, that sounds He's hilarious. not playing GTA. He's not playing uh, The Witcher. That's another one, because there's a lot of sex in The Witcher. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, a lot. Like, right out the gate is, like, a nude scene, right? Yeah. No, well, th- that's how the game literally starts. Yeah. So. More. Morpheus. I'm much more, I'm much more concerned about him seeing that stuff, because he's seven, right? Yeah. N- yeah, no, but... Uh... Well, no, the thing it is, is if your kid is going to play RoboCop Rogue City, he at least needs to watch the first RoboCop film. Well, that's what I was thinking is like, would, he, would I say no to him watching the first RoboCop movie? Because it's about as violent as the fucking game. And it is. It is. Probably not. Yeah, prob- probably I'd let him. Yeah, I'd probably let him watch the movie. It is pretty like th- that scene where they murder El- like that scene, it, even by today's standards, it is pretty gruesome to watch. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's also a good fucking film and I don't, I don't know. It's yeah, not no, that bad. It's also, today, if it came out today, it'd probably be rated PG 13. Yeah, no, it, it's also RoboCop is also kind of funny too. Like in some, well, at the heart of it all is a good message is he's struggling to just serve justice, right? Yeah. Well, whatever it... that means for, for whatever he is left. Well, and also he's a good guy in his heart, and also to maintain his humanity too. So that's what I mean, right? He's a good guy in his heart, and they can put all the fucking robots in him they want. It still always shines through. Yeah. Murphy, not RoboCop. Yeah, and also your son, your son does deserve to know about uh, iconic actor Peter Weller, because that man is an icon. So. I don't know. Uh, you know what he used to watch? That's an old ass movie. He watched over and over and over again. Was the original Power Rangers motion picture, like the film? Yeah. Which I've I've come to find out. A lot of people say that they think it's really really bad. 
Um, I think for a Power Rangers movie, it looks all right. I was a little too old for Power Rangers. My brother was into that, so I thought it was corny. Yeah. <laughs> if your younger brother is into something, it's probably corny. Yeah, that. Yeah. That's generally how it is, from what I understand. I I was a I was a lonely child for a long time. Hey, same so. thing with Pokemon, right? Well, no, it, Pokemon. That's why I was like, ah, I don't know. It just seems like Harry Potter's another one. I was already reading like Conan the Barbarian and Elements. If you want to talk fantasy stuff, it it's a bunch of little kids with wands spitting. Of course, that are British, so they fucking make up words, and that just didn't appeal to me. Yeah, I'd already read The Lord of the Rings. I'd already read Elminster, The Making of a Mage. I'd already been reading Dragonlance. That shit seemed pretty fucking corny. Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, apologies I, I, to the people that grew up on Harry Potter. I'm just saying, I was like a teenager when that shit came out, and it seemed pretty fucking corny. I mean, it, I mean, I I grew up in the generation of Harry Potter, and it seemed pretty corny to me. To be fair. So, but yeah, but you're a contrarian. I, I am very, very much so. I am too. I hated a lot of the shit my generation liked, but I hated Harry Potter just as much. And that, and that's well, and that's why we get along because we're all, we're all kind of contrarians in our little circle. So, yeah, I wish I could be contrary to what that guy was saying, but he's correct. Nah, well. Well, it, I mean, in the tech industry, they're a kind of contrarians too because they're not super woke, as you'll find out in a sec. None of the stuff's even going to apply anymore. I'm just really of the point of view, as you guys know, that the market needs to be allowed to develop. If we don't allow our market to develop in the United States, India and China and Singapore and other markets will get South all ahead of us in terms of their model development and their capabilities as a nation and their capabilities as an industry. And the more our government actors step in and try and tell us what systems and methods we are allowed to use to build stuff, the more at risk we are of falling behind. That's my general statement on the matter. I'll pass the, the, uh, the mic. I mean, Shamak, you were advocating for AI regs a couple months ago, I think, right? I mean, where does this fall with respect to what you were advocating for and what you were concerned about? Well, I had a very specific lens that I viewed this stuff through and they didn't really address it. I think that this was a little bit of a kitchen sink EO. And I think what probably happened was depending on, look, I, I mean, I think the thing is like, look, they, when this process first started, it started in the Senate and it started with the majority leader, Chuck Schumer. And I met with Chuck and then I met with Chuck's team and then it morphed into this much bigger thing. And I think, it morphed into a lot of people trying to do the right thing, meeting with a lot of very important and very famous people. And I think somewhere along the way, it just became this convoluted and confused document because I do agree with you that it's not super coherent. There's a lot of arbitrary requirements, you know, like there's like, I think there's a requirement here that at a certain number of parameters, you have to like self-report yourself to the government which is like, what does that even mean? Why, why is that even important? So it, it's, it's just a lot of random stuff. So it just seems like anybody who had the ear of the people writing this had a chance to write something in. So it's a little confusing.
it's not going to do the job. And I think that you're right. In two or three years, we're going to look back and this is going to look medieval. medieval. I'll just say, I'll point out another yeah. point, just one of many that I could highlight in this document. I read hold most on, of it. Hold on, Sam, they that say, guy you know, was, there's got to be legislation on. Before he got introduced, he got introduced as you supported regulations a few months ago, correct? Yes. And he just said these are going to look medieval. He, yeah, he's he's also the guy who... Uh, he's pro-regulation. I just wanted to point that out as simple as possible. He's pro-regulation, and he said this is medieval. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll take his word for it having not read it, but like that's a pretty harsh condemnation from somebody who was for regulating AI. Yeah. Well, and I, I think a lot of these people who were pro-regulation are starting to kind of wake up and see, oh, this might not be such a good idea after all. That, because that's... They, don't, they don't relate it back to IBM. They don't, like, in their mind, they're a different thing, a different well, industry, a different time. They might not even know the story. Well, D well David Sachs, who you're, who you're going to see here in a sec, who I bring up often... He he does bring up IBM into this. So. I don't want to shit on IBM as a company. Like they've they've succeeded despite all that in their own various right. niches since then. Like I'm not trying to down them because honestly, IBM is an American institution company of the of the 20th century. Yeah. Um. Like people don't even realize how influential that company was until regulation, and they've managed to survive to the current day, but. You ain't buy. You're not. You're not using an IBM computer, and neither am I. No. Well, neither is anybody listening to us. Neither well, is I, anybody basically on the entire internet. And I, I, I think though that goes to to show though, like, yeah, we're not trying to shit on IBM, but IBM is kind of like, it's the nearest thing to a case study to to like an actual like tangible case study for a lot of this stuff that we can reference. And that's kind of what Sachs is going to bring up here in a sec. Or, did, uh, or the DMCA to the music industry and it's yeah. collapsed. Now everything is fucking independent. They hire people independently. They get their music onto iTunes and they just take a cut off of fucking royalties. They, the whole fucking thing collapsed. There's no record sales. Yeah. There's no record stores. Right? They had to restructure the whole thing. That's because of the way that they went about the battle with Napster and online piracy and then the rise of streaming services. And then everybody, you know, all these old time musicians were like, now that nobody's listening to us on the radio, everybody's listening online. Wait a minute. I ain't making nearly as much royalties as before. What the fuck's the deal? Turns out that they all signed off on these streaming services for a fucking a nickel, basically. Yeah. And they undersold all these artists catalogs to them. That's why you might think that some of these artists are being pricks, but first they were getting their music stolen from them, right? Just flat out stolen. I understand that everybody does the file sharing thing. I've done it too. And piracy, but piracy is piracy. You're stealing. So imagine the other end of it, that the musicians, they start losing money because you're, you're fucking stealing their music. And the next thing they know, they settled that, came up with a legal solution for streaming their music. And then people are basically fucking stealing from them too. Yeah. Cause it turns out they're paying them like, like they'd get like, um, 30, 40% off a radio play. They're getting like 3% off of streams or they were. 
that's why they all kind of went on strike for a while. And and even though some of them are pricks, and even yeah. though some of them you think they have enough money, they're right though. They got screwed because these companies signed away all their rights. While they were they, they were not thinking of the online streaming service, it was still album sales. Yeah. That's why it's like a lot of old timey big name artists that were doing it. Because they're the ones that got fucked. And whether whether or not, you know, they're fucking like Madonna, a prick with more money than you could fucking ever imagine, it's still technically taking her shit, you know well, what I mean? Well, there there were a lot of bands who like uh King Crimson was one of them. Um King Crimson for a long time they did not distribute their songs on uh iTunes or anything like that, but what they did do is they hope Tool, they Tool was like that for a long time as well. Yeah, well what well what what King Crimson did was they um they like set up their they set up their own like online uh web store thing. Right, but that and and a lot of a lot of artists, particularly smaller scale artists who have dedicated fans, find a lot of success online independently. Right. But um the whole industry has just changed because of it, because of the ease of streaming as compared to like nobody carries around a stack of compact discs anymore. Or even, you know, the the sillier is a little folder full of them, right? Right. Because right. you just have your phone. It's easier. The convenience is ridiculous in comparison. Yeah. Nobody even thinks about compact discs anymore. My my wife had gotten some like old shit from an old lady at her at her mom's building or whatever, and amongst the things was a fucking double disc set of like the greatest hits of the doors. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Where the fuck would I play that? No, my uh my my grand my grandmother and you know she she met well. She got me a she got me a cassette uh tape of uh one of U2's albums and it's like, well, that's cassette it, is an interesting uh, thing too. I've seen like a lot of like really uh, indie type artists and like Vaporwave actually distribute their shit on cassette. Yeah, but yeah, and I mean that's, that's like, that's, that's like a weird nostalgia because cassettes are objectively in every way worse. Well, yeah, but also like I should have cassette nostalgia. That was like my era. I had so many cassettes. Yeah, but like cassettes sucked. Yeah, uh, well, and I mean, as far as like the vaporwave thing, like, like, like thematically, like you know, the whole cassette tape thing, like that is part of the vaporwave aesthetic i guess so as far as that whole thing goes like i get it from that perspective but, but they, yeah because that thing don't have a sound because it's it's still just a digitally magnetized file like vinyl vinyl has a sound and the reason vinyl has a sound is that they had to compress everything well yeah and and then the the needles movement is supposed to decompress the file so that they could fit it on a record yeah but as soon as they came in with the magnet tapes, like eight tracks and stuff, that's different. So there, there's a just a cleaner sound on tape. That's what people say when they, they feel like modern music doesn't sound as good. The older music was lower decibel, generally speaking. But it had that sound because of vinyl. And if you listen to it on vinyl, it does sound good. Yeah. I still think, I still think like a digital, like a high quality, like flat file. Is probably like the optimal way to listen to any record if you really care about it. Yeah, 
Oh but, yeah, uh, vinyl's is. good too. It is, especially through a speaker. Vinyl is great through a speaker. Yeah, and I mean, I've I've listened I've listened to flack files. The problem with but headphones, you want the highest quality. Paul, you want digital if you're listening on headphones. The problem with flack files is they uh, is flack files are like massive too, though. And like a lot, yeah. But like the size of storage, they're getting more trivial all the time. Yeah. But also, you're like that. It's a cost for quality, right? You know? No, I, I'm right. I'm not saying it's an issue for me, but like I, you know, for the average normie, like you know, they MP3, don't want MP3 with headphones is fine too. Yeah, like that's a that's a decent level of. But like, if you want the highest quality, you got to get yourself a, like a flack of the master. Yeah. So, um, anyway, though, yeah, getting back to IBM, though, this is one of the things that they're going to bring up, what you were saying, IBM kind of being the case study for a lot of this, so. On watermarking AI content. Think about that for a second. What is AI content? We've been using Adobe Photoshop for 30 years to change photographs and change documents. We've been using various tools for doing audio generation and music. I mean, there's no music that doesn't run through a digital right. processor of some sort. <laughs> there's no video. There's no movies that don't have some degree of CGI elements or some degree of post-production digital quick. rendering integrated into the video. Even itself. old music, okay? Even old, old, right. old music went through digital processing. Yeah. Going back, I think to like the '30s when they used like one and two tracks. Yeah, no, th this is this is what I'm saying is like Biden and company don't understand. That's what I that's what I was saying earlier when the when when uh when Kurt Doolittle says that these go people back and they raise the fucking band and the equalizer and the treble before they fucking put it out on a record. Right. That's it was done digitally since the dawn of fucking music yeah that, that i mean all that recorded is recorded music as soon as we had recorded music somebody said hey how can i clean this up to make it sound the best possible and they did so in a digital setting usually using tape reel to reel yeah i mean all of that is like a is a form of a oh which as i said before tape is fucking digital yeah all of that all of that technically is a form of AI, if you want to think about it. By that definition, yeah, that's why I wanted to stop and really explain that. Is that what fucking, uh, what, what's his face? Fucking Thomas Edison's uh, uh, old radio transmissions are, are AI. Yeah. Need to be watermarked, Edison, motherfucker. Yeah, well... well Watermark every radio broadcast well, ever. We'll talk about Watermark every television show in the history of fucking humanity. We'll talk every movie. Yeah, well well yeah, and that's another guy who like fought regulators like tooth and nail throughout his entire life. Man, um, the government can just regulate everything now. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty like for, for a guy like like Bosch or something, that's pretty based. Like he would love that. Oh yeah, he'd cre. This is some straight like, uh, like I said, like I'm not joking when I'm when I compare it to Francis E. Deck and the communist computer gangster god that lives on the moon. Like, what's the fucking difference? And it sorts us by race, determining who gets what. Yeah. The only thing he missed is is gender and and fucking sexuality. 
You got to yeah. throw that in there too. And disability status and all that. DEI is a bit more complex than Francis E. Deck's 1950s schizophrenic mind could come up with. Like, Lord help us, he came up with the communist computer gangster god. He came out, he came pretty damn close. Like, if you've never listened, there's an old radio DJ that read uh, Francis E. Deck's letters. You can find still on YouTube to this day. I highly recommend just looking up Francis E. Deck on YouTube and listening to it because it's highly entertaining. The, but it's also chilling because the communist computer gangster god is now real. The the first time I heard the the first time I and, heard it, and it was designed and and perpetrated by Joe Biden. <laughs> Uh, don't you just love this timeline we live in? It's it's great, isn't it? Hey, at least the president that controls AI is retarded. Silver linings, Max. That's what I love about you. you... It's funny, right? So, like, at least that. Yeah. At least we can say that he's retarded, and it'll probably he'll like inadvertently do something hilarious, like I... poop in front of the pope. <laughs> You know what I mean? Who would ever think that the president would take a shit in his pants right in front of the Heavenly Father? Excuse me, Father, for I have sinned. Well, I mean, he, he's incontinent. What what do you want from him? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, that was yeah. a holy shit. Yeah. Self. What makes something AI? Is it the fact that 100% of the pixels are generated by software? What if it's only 98%? Is Pixar AI? Because all of Pixar is made on computers. Is the auto-tune hip-hop artist AI? Because his voice isn't coming through on the audio track. So what is AI in this definition? The fact that any piece of content needs to be watermarked if it's AI, I think is one of the most outlandish infringements on First Amendment rights, I've seen and doesn't really understand any sense in any sense how software is generally used in the world today, which is Dude, watermark everywhere. And to say that on now music there is a certain would mean like, definition of a certain type of software that oh we're my God. Gonna... watermarked on music would mean like because oh, like they do that sometimes, like guys that that make beats, and and it, they'll be like. Just really loud and obnoxious so that you can't use the beat yeah, for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be like DJ Five on the mix. Yeah, that's yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. You're gonna have to have AI every fucking fifteen seconds over every song ever. Enjoy your Joe Biden regulations. Yep. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like this song made by OpenAI. This song get low, get low, get OpenAI. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's well. You're having a party. It stops every five seconds to say "Open AI." <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. This is the worst fucking regulation ever. Yeah. Arbitrarily call AI. We want to watermark this stuff, and we want to get a stamp on that content so the government can track it and audit it. I think is absurd. Zach, over to you. Yeah. Okay. So three, Sachs three is the, is kind of the base one. He's he's the Trumpian guy. Um, he looks he looks very like mafioso. Yeah. Well, he's actually he's one of the he's one of the co-founders of uh, PayPal, and he uh, he that explains the mafia. Look. Yeah. Well, no. The 
he and Elon Musk are are and Peter Thiel are part of what's known as the PayPal mafia. Um actually. Yeah, and well, so, he's their Iceman. Yeah. No, the, the no, the the you're not wrong. The the mainstream media has literally called him like the tech world's Iceman or something like that. It, it's funny. Actually. I saw him for three seconds and I was like, gangster. Yeah. No, it, he, he's he's out to drop some straight facts on IBM of what you basically just mentioned. One, AI has been convicted of a pre-crime. This, e, <laughs> this EO, it describes, it describes this litany of horribles, this parade of horribles that's going to happen. Unless, you know, the wise people in the central government like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris guide yeah. its development. So that's what the EO says it's going to do is guide the development of this technology. Because if we don't, it's going to result in all these horrible things happening. Steven Sanofsky, who was a key executive of Microsoft in the, I think going back to the 80s, wrote a really interesting blog post about this where he, he was there at the beginning of the PC revolution with the dawn of the microprocessor in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, And he pulled a bunch of books off his bookshelf from that time period, which were sort of these sci-fi books like Forecasting Doom, Infringement on Privacy. One was called The Assault on Privacy. Another one was called Electronic Nightmare. Another one was called yeah. The Rise of the Computer State and so on. And so it was also predicting all these horrible things that would come from the book yeah, so that, that's computer. That's one thing I wanted to bring up too. Yeah, so like – this whole fear around well, look at this look at this rise of the computer state forward by walter cronkite the most trusted newsman in the world yeah. he told you the computers were going to take over the whole fucking world in five years yeah yeah no very very trusted newsman boomers yeah so and and that's he also he also was like the biggest advocate of climate change when they used to call it global warming and when they called it fucking global cooling and when they, like whenever they called it something, Walter Cronkite was at the forefront of that. No, he's like the leader of the green movement. No, so I actually uh, he's their Martin Luther King. So like I actually, I actually, I I don't think Kurt had had his DMs open, but I I did try and send this to him because he, no 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 we'll we'll talk to him. He uh well no but Kurt actually mentioned this that like there were there were books out there in the eighties like talking like how bad like computers yeah. were going to be like this was not like we we look at these that's why my rebellious ass got into like hip-hop dungeons and dragons metal music and computers because they were all the devil but they were all actually pretty cool yeah no and and like now <laughs> you know now we like we look at these books and laugh but like back then like this was kind of like, you know, the fear. I mean, I mean, not the same, but, but similar. The fucking movie with Tom Hanks about Dungeons and Dragons and, and the kid that went missing. Oh, made yeah, our that's right. Years later, made our life miserable playing D&D in middle school with my boys. Like, we had to hide. Not from the kids. The kids didn't give a shit. They knew we were nerds. It was the parents. One, inevitably, one of the guy's parents which sometimes would be mine would flip out because they heard about the satanic panic 10 years later. Oh, that, Oh yeah. That made is. it cool. It made it cool. But computers to me were also cool. Cause they were outlaw and the guys building them back then were kind of outlaw in their own way too. Like you look at a lot of their stories and they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty fucking cool. 
Yeah, no, I mean, people people love to. What's his face? Al, I think his name's Al Jolson, but the, the guy that founded fucking Atari, you read his fucking autobiography, that dude was nuts, like a rock star, man. Yeah. Well, they lived wild, and they, they gave no fucks what the corporates were telling them because they didn't have to at the time. It was a, it was a pretty cool time in, like, computer development. Yeah. And, and the government came along and IBM'd them all. Yeah. Right up until Blizzard started having, like, drunken cubicle crawl panty raid parties, you know? Yeah. Then it all came rolling back in. Good times. Like the old days. And it would put all these people out of work and so on. Totally. But nobody allowed these fears to guide the development of the industry there was no executive order at that time saying that we're going to guide the development of the microprocessor to avoid all of these harms that haven't occurred yet and instead we're taking a, a different approach here and he makes the point that if the industry had been guided in that way then it never would have achieved the potential that it ultimately achieved and furthermore he makes the point that a company like ibm would have been more than happy to work with the regulators to say yeah let's define a bunch of these rules to make sure that it doesn't go in this dark direction that everyone thinks it's going to go in. Can and I, you would have gotten very extreme regulatory capture. Can I precog one of the crazy lines <laughs> in this thing? Here are the precogs. Well, here's one. When a foreign person transacts with an infrastructure as a service provider, so Azure, Google Cloud, Amazon, to train a large AI model with potential, capa with potential capabilities that could be used in malicious cyber-enabled activity, they propose regulation that requires that IaaS provider to submit a report. So if you, you have to know, you have to know if a foreigner is using your APIs on AWS and then file a TPS report. Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking TPS report I have a indeed. Question. What happens if you're a foreigner that's on uh, Did you say did you say something? Yeah, I said a TPS report indeed because it's basically saying a TP oh, a foreigner transacts, we'll keep that on file for what? Mostly for nothing. Yeah. Well, that like 99.9% .9 for no reason at all. Yeah, so I mean that that's that's basically the gist of what I wanted to, uh, you know, play. They'll say, they'll say terrorists, but how many people transact any industry with the United States company every day from either a foreigner or an American resident, as, as he was pointing out, on an H-1B visa? Yeah, well, that, well that's what I'm saying, too. It, it, that's is like they're so, they're so afraid of that, of like, you know, foreigners interacting with ai as if as if we're the only ones like you know pioneering ai what you know like like you know it's not as if china or uh i don't know saudi arabia it's not like they have tech startups yeah, either well, and china is gonna centralize theirs they are gonna be the communist computer gangster god whether we like it or not they they all they already are mm -hmm. they already are in their in their uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to watch unfold further but it's pretty it's pretty fucked up now yeah i know what, what, what do you what do you think the uh social credit score system in china that we keep hearing out what do you think that's all about folks like it's all, it's all ai driven that's what i mean they're the they are going to be though the one if we don't compete and have like the freedom version of that 
then what what is then we all have the communist computer gangster god when it wins yeah yeah and well, it sends all your data to the moon base yeah well just like francis e deck said everybody laughed but at least they're fucking sending it out into space and to the fucking satellites and he wrote that before sputnik yeah no i actually i actually heard those francis e deck things uh like a long time ago in some in some of medicare's uh, old streams actually because he used Medicare used to play the those I can't remember which exact exact Any, yeah anybody into like weird radio would have come across it at some point it's it's like one of those things and because uh, it's just such an interesting not only the writings of the man but the guy reading them with such enthusiasm and passion as if he almost puts himself in the mind state of the the madman yeah it's great it, yeah but then it's not so great when you when you get older. And you start to see the computer gangster god, <laughs> the communist computer gangster god is starting to be real, like a thing, and he's not a madman anymore, he's a prophet. That's not cool. That, that... I never wanted to live in the timeline where Francis E. Deck is a prophet, but Joe Biden is going to make that happen. Yeah. While he eats vanilla ice cream and drives us all into poverty. And then sends our kids off to war for either Israel or Russia or we don't or somebody. And and also shits his pants while 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 doing it too. Pants talking to the Pope. <laughs> you know, I do say that God has a predilection to favor the funny, and I mean this is all very funny. If, but it's not ha ha funny. It's sad funny. Well, no. What 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 God what what God never tells you is that. He does have a sense of humor. It's just the very dark and like fucked up uh sense of humor. If I were God, I would find all of this hilarious. Yeah, but see like but see like you But maybe God's better better than my soul could ever be and that's the whole point. But but I find it hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. But because there's not much else you could do. I was just telling my I asked my wife a question. I was like, what do you think are most viewed episode of this whole year was and she had no idea and i was like that's when we when i talked about going camping for the whole like two hours yeah because <laughs> everybody's sick to death of doom and gloom so then what are you gonna do you, you look at this and they're oh they're gonna regulate AI, ai well yeah google and microsoft are gonna jump on board because well, they wrote the fucking well, thing. Well, no, but but and everybody's gonna be left in the dust until they get out competed by somebody the, from somewhere, whether it's here or somewhere the else. The whole reason why I wanted to bring this up, though, Max, is because everyone, because right now everyone is talking like Israel and Palestine and that whole thing, and meanwhile, right at home, no, the, the tech sector is in is in a couple of crises right now. Also, the chip wars is a big deal. And while everybody's paying attention to everything right, else, right. China makes moves on Taiwan. They've been making aggressive moves for quite a long time. A exactly. Meanwhile, TSMC is claiming that the fucking manufactories in Israel are never going to make, like, they literally, they made it like a joke. The manufactories are never going to outcompete them because they're already at three nanometers and it's, like, basically fucked up. But, um... There's manufacturers being built elsewhere, but it's going to take time for them to get on board. So right now, everybody's dependent on Taiwan for chips. Microprocessors, as he pointed out. Yeah, yeah. 
the basis of all of this shit you see before you in the in the dystopia that I've described thus far, including how you're listening to our voices right now, is dependent upon the microprocessors. And we are currently only able to get them from Taiwan. And China is basically threatening to blockade Taiwan. Now, not open war, but would probably lead to it. Yep. Unless we can hold out the supply chain until Intel and some other partners can get online in other parts of the world. But the supply chain still depends. Part of it depended on getting in contact with North Korea, which Trump was trying to do. That was kind of part of the point because they have uh, natural resources, rare earth minerals that they're selling to China, but China's selling to us. So Trump's idea was, hey, maybe I could talk to this weirdo and convince him to just sell them to us and make his country a fortune. And he can still keep his totalitarian dictatorship because it ain't worth it, but at least we'll be on peaceful terms. Right. Which is called a compromise. And yes, it's still a horrible totalitarian dictatorship. Well, but at least the people there have some more money. Well, you know, ju- just, just in an industry, you know, just bought, just bomb them. And that'll like liberate them. That's what Nikki, that's what Nikki, ha- that's what Nikki Haley wants at least. So, yeah, we're fucking, we're just gonna just bomb everybody. That's the way to settle it. Yeah. It worked so well in Iraq. You know how we have the access to their natural resources in Iraq that we went over there for. Oh yeah. That worked out fucking great. Didn't it? How much is gas, Sammy? Oh God! Like, was it worth the war? Like three dollars, three no, four dollars a gallon now. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, gas. And how much was it? How much was it before the war? Uh, fucking. I was in high school. I can tell you, my sophomore or junior year, it was eighty-nine cents. Holy. Holy shit! Yeah, eighty nine. And then the war happened. <laughs> how much was how much was McDonald's? The war for oil. Remember how how much was like fast food back then? That's what I want to know. Oh shit! We had like the dollar menu, like the actual when it was actually just everything was like a dollar, and they had good shit on there half the time. Yeah. No, everything was fucking cheap. We, me and my friends would drive around. Did, that was our fucking hobby. We would drive around listening to music and eating fast food. Did you ever spend $10 for one person on? No. Five would have been the absolute max if you were being a fat ass. Yeah, that, yeah that's my, that's kind of my yeah. point. It's like, and like a pack of cigarettes was like two bucks. Yeah, it's like, that's my point. It's like now, like you go to McDonald's and just like a single meal like once you add everything up is like close to like 10 more like ten dollars and 30 you know cents it's definitely it's definitely on the higher side over five close to 10 almost always like yeah like like you can't you can't afford to be a you can't afford to be a fat ass at mcdonald's anymore even even if you want to because yeah, i don't know how people do it yeah i i i see people that like eat like that and it's like, I mean, look, McDonald's is fine. It's like once in a while, I don't feel like cooking. It's fucking a Friday night. The boy wants a pizza. We, you know, that's usually sure, what we do yeah. is a pizza. 
but that's that's rare anyway. I I usually just cook my own shit. But it's also it's also and expensive. It's still, it's still that like the price of chicken, which is like my main my main meat because I'm, I got a heart condition. I can only do red meat a couple times a month, and uh, the price of chicken is almost doubled in the last like I want to say three years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not cheap. That's for sure. It used to be the cheapest meat, but also like it's lean. And I got I get the boneless, skinless breasts, and they're perfect, right? Yeah. But now, it's to the point, like, that's actually an expensive endeavor. I have to plan out every piece of chicken to make sure I have enough. I have to count. You know? Yeah. I never had to count, but, like, they're double the fucking price. And it's not like I got double the fucking money. More, uh, but, <laughs> but hey. If no. I had double the fucking money, then it might be fine. But hey, no warming tweets, right, Max? What's uh, what's what's just point to that beautiful uh, flag you've got back there? I think uh, I think that kind of sums up the whole. You know, uh, if, if we haven't made it clear yet on this show, if you don't take anything away from this podcast, don't look at me. Just look at Max's flag. In the uh, and, it, and it's been up since fucking 2020. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I had to change the number on it, this will be the third time I vote for Trump. No matter it, what, people have asked me, people put me on this. Well, what about if Trump's not there? I'm gonna raise his name in. Well, what about who do you think is the chaos candidate? Trump, it, it'll. It'll be it, <laughs> that's who the chaos candidate is. It'll be it'll be the third. It'll be the third it's good chaos. It's it's the chaos we need. We look. If you're hearing my voice, you're a little poorer than you were fucking three, four years ago too. I guarantee it, because ain't rich people listening to this fucking podcast because they would be put off by how much I kind of shit on them. Yeah, it's probably hardworking people. No, like and like 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 myself who find themselves, they, they were in a good spot a couple years ago, okay? A really good spot, in fact. They maybe bought a property for the first time, or a car, or they finally, because we lived under the Obama recession for a fucking decade. And we finally started to have some fucking money. Yeah, no, we, I mean, we, there are a lot. And now, everything costs twice as much. But you got pretty much the same amount of money. There are there are a lot of young entrepreneurs who listen to this, uh, you know, show, and they can't start their businesses, uh, you know, right? Because they're gonna get regulated right out of the fucking market by goddamn Google and Microsoft, who wrote this legislation to specifically keep them out. Yep. That this is them trying to close the door on your ass and everybody else who thinks independently from the DEI fucking cult. Yeah, yeah, they're going and the, the leftism that comes with it. Yeah, they're go, they're going. Oh, and and by the way, I love this uh, this whole notion from like the Lincoln Project types that think, well, Trump was so radical, he like exacerbated the DEI. No, he exacerbated the DEI. No, motherfuckers. What happened was, if anything, Trump halted a lot of the, of the DEI stuff because all of this woke stuff, the woke stuff did not happen because of Trump. The woke it, stuff... Well, it happened in response to Trump. Uh... They weren't nearly this woke. They weren't nearly this woke until Trump. Like, 
like woke had just come around like between the 2010s and like 2015 but what galvanized them it what gave them a cause what gave them an enemy was their voldemort as they used to call him their satan trump maybe it was a movement without a real fucking defined goal until trump because they decided he was against everything they stood for and they stand for virtue and goodness and freedom and equality and all this fucking bullshit and he stood against them in every way maybe maybe trump maybe trump accelerated it but my point was like no, oh, he galvanized it he galvanized he it. one movement it was many before yeah but what but what, I, but what i'm saying is that like hillary clinton was going to push this stuff regardless if she if she were if she were, yeah, but uh, it, w- it wouldn't have been a culture war front and center like it was because they used that as a means to attack Trump. No, be- no, because because publicly and to excuse any bad behavior, including rioting, looting, theft, and yes, murder. Yeah, in the name of these causes, because orange man bad. Like we all joke about it, but think about the root of that fucking joke. It's true. He gave them a boogeyman. That turned a bunch of loose movements that one was about racial equality and one was about because they're only really interested in their own thing for the most part, or they were prior to the Trump years. So BLM wasn't hanging out with the LGBT shit. But then there was Trump. There was one man that they could fucking all agree the, was the worst man in the world. The thing that's wild about this, too, and this is something that like uh, I was talking with my Israeli friend a few weeks ago was um all these you know all these woke people went from complaining about anti-semitism to now like actually like they're they're now like unironically allying themselves with like actual like you know anti-semites uh you know and it's not just i what I don't understand about both sides, to be honest with you, is the complete lack of empathy for that some people on the other side might just be kind of caught in a bad place. Yeah, I mean... Right? Like, I'm not going to say every Palestinian is a Hamas flag-waving fucking... No, no, I'm not... Islamist. And, and, and especially children, like, even if they are, they kind of can't help that. So, like... And, and the, but the same of the Israelis is is most of the people getting hit by rockets and shit and ambushed ain't exactly fucking soldiers. Yeah, no, I I'm not I'm not saying that like, and I'm I'm not. Oh, I'm not saying you are. I just I find it crazy that that's the choice people want you to make is to give up empathy for one side. Right. No, and I'm not. Boggles my mind how fucking tribalistic that is. It's scary. And I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. That. Yeah. I'm not saying. And I can't say it's like not right for Jews to be scared of that because that's a scary sentiment. Right. But but what but what I'm also saying is that I am a fucking full blooded Irishman and it's a scary sentiment. You know. But what but what I'm also (laughs) but what I'm also saying is that like is like the far left was always like you know was always like trying to hug jews you know and being like we're not anti they were like they were like a lot a lot of jews are on the far left you know yeah well that's and the the nazis will point to that to say like it's they're the ones ruining the world or whatever but like 
it is a fact that a lot of specifically reformed Jews from like the New York area do tend to typically be of the like far left variety. Well, would you would you be shocked if I told you that like David Duke here here's a here's a news story. Uh David Duke is now uh is now saying oh, that, like you, you, I was hoping you were going to say dead. Go on. Is now saying that Rashida Tlaib is like his new favorite person in Congress. Have you Oh, I bet. I bet. And the thing the thing that's interesting with that is like him and like Richard Spencer and them will like attach themselves to causes because they know nobody wants their endorsement. Right, right, right. But just to but, get attention for them fucking selves because they're sick. No, no, but 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 Max, here's the thing. Re- remember remember when like remember when when uh David Duke like said something about Trump and the entire left was like even after Trump like disavowed David Duke, they were still like not good enough because David Duke like mentioned your name and just the fact that you mentioned so like I, I Trump Trump quit Trump quit the fucking reform party because David Duke endorsed Pat Buchanan. This is like historical. You can look this up yourself. Right, right. But like and, and he and he said that Pat he he said some choice words for Pat Buchanan over it. I understand both sides reasoning on it, and in later years they reconciled over this. Yeah. But like, yeah, the whole point was like Pat Buchanan was like, I don't care what he said, I'm not gonna say anything about him. And Trump was like, no, you have to denounce that guy because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and, but and like... And they turned around and tried to make that an association with Trump and David Duke. And yeah, it's like, and, yeah, the association is Trump thinks he is a piece of garbage. Right, and that's what I'm saying. is like the, the corpo media was like harping on that thing for like forever. But yet, have they said anything at like Rashida Tlaib being like praised by David Duke? No. No, they don't fucking care. They don't fucking care that she's openly anti-Semitic in the fucking so uh, floor of the fucking house, and she has been for years. This isn't new for her, especially her and Ilhan Omar. If you, if you haven't fucking heard them give their spiel about like how Israelis are occupiers, then you haven't been listening because they've given AOC hasn't. AOC said one thing about Jew shit and then got educated by like the ADL. Yeah, but um, but even now she's she's standing with Palestine because it's the trendy thing to do on the left. I get it, and and it seems to be they want you to have the trendy thing to do on the right be like unironically enthusiastically pro-Israel. But my heart in in any war situation, and this is why I'm anti-war universally across the board, is to the other people that are there. Right. Well, I mean, and, that, and that, that doesn't matter. I don't care what flag their fucking parents wave. I, I don't, I don't really care. I, I just wish people would stop killing each other. That's my, that's my sentiment. It's corny. True. What, what else do you want though? Both their holy books say you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. No, you, but, but like. It, it 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 is what it is. Like, what are we supposed to do about it here? And and they want us to like constantly focus on it and pick a side and get angry at each other. And and my God, they tried to scale the fucking White House walls. For fuck's sake, January sixth, they barely did fucking anything. They're trying to get in there and kill Joe Biden. And what what are you gonna do about it? Is that a ter- is it a terrorist group yet? Yeah, yeah. Like 
he doesn't go far enough into one of their pet causes that they just found out about two weeks ago, but it's fucking trendy. So these white women are getting out there fucking going for it. They don't know a goddamn thing about the Middle East. Yeah. They don't know a goddamn thing about Judaism. They don't know a goddamn thing about Islam. They don't know a goddamn thing about the history of the colonization of fucking Israel. None of it. But they but they're damn sure they're on the right side of it. And then so the other side, it doesn't matter how many you kill. I can't you can't have empathy for the bad guy. Come on. Yeah. And you're always the good guy of your own story, and your story is now attached to these guys, so they're the good guy. Yeah. That that's that that's the whole thing, right? Is I, yeah. I I pray everybody everybody stops dying for this, and learns to live in peace. That's what I pray for. If that makes me anti-Semitic, so be it. If that makes me anti-Islamic, so be it. But that's the truth. I mean, at at this point, I've been accused of both. So like, you yeah, know, it's, it's whatever, man. I wish people would stop killing each other. I'm not a big fan of holy wars. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> and historically, they don't they don't end well either. Just look at the Crusades. It's it is the Crusades in a way. Yeah. Well, uh, well you know, it's still going on. Well, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't last. A, a, you know, with the Christians have just moved aside for various reasons. Yeah. Mostly, so, mostly America, and like there's a there's an element of that in Zionism, right? Like Christian Zionism. Yeah, some of them. That's with, their with, reasoning for why they're so enthusiastic with, is they think that if they bring the Jews back to Israel, that eventually the temple will get rebuilt and they will bring about the end times. That's literally the point of being a Christian Zionist right. is that you want to bring about the end times sooner. They yeah. don't even like they don't even actually really give a fuck about Jews if you think about it. They're the they're the vessel that you need to get your prophecy started. So you help them get there. Yeah, no, you're you're right. So Alright, well that's uh about... there's kids, there's kids getting bombed on either side and my heart goes out to them and you know, anybody else that's losing family members and I just wish that would stop. Isn't that is that too corny? Is that too like are we in that jaded of a world? Uh, I can't even say that. Not, not. I, I hope not. Uh, you, not you in take my book. So, but uh, anyway, well, I mean, I think we've, uh, you know, I think we kind of covered all of our bases. Uh, you know, we brought up AI. Well, everyone else is talking about foreign wars. We're talking about stuff that is going on here at home. Uh, because we do try and be different here on the and it's going to be decided in the election inevitably. Yeah, this is this is a Joe Biden executive order. This is another thing you can run on free unshackle AI. Yeah, and hashtag it, free AI. Yeah, and if <laughs> one and uh, one thing I one thing I'll save this for the next episode, but uh. Elon uh, just released X.AI, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play around with it at this time, but uh, maybe... Fix your website. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah. Fig well, also, X slash Twitter keeps crashing, too. So...
Um, Every now and again, it says that y'all last posted in 1969. Yeah. No. I don't know why, but all of a sudden, everybody posted nothing in like March 3rd, 1969. I, you know, I wasn't even, I wasn't even born then. So like, I know, but you posted something uh, and so did every, everybody else on my fucking feed for like two hours. You know, uh, there was a, there was a bug where like, uh, there was a bug where I literally had to type out your whole handle, uh, to like tag you. It wouldn't, it wouldn't populate, uh, in the little field, which is, which that's terrific. I, I, I had to double check to make sure you were still following me and vice versa. That's, that's lovely. So. Fix your shit, but thanks for the AI, I guess. Yeah, well, that that you can't even use because it crashes every time you try and sign up for it. You get a 404 error, so. Brilliant. Lovely. Yeah, I, I now I now I'm really now I'm really feeling good about Tesla software updates. So thank God I thank God I don't need a software update to use my wheelchair because if I did, I'd probably be fucked. But anyway, uh, we'll see you next. When we'll see you on Wednesday, folks. Five G on that bitch, and uh, you know we'll hopefully uh, we'll have some more. Program your brain into the communist gangster computer god. Yeah, yeah. See ya. Mull that one over for the next couple days, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to The Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash whitfieldreport. Until next time, God bless, God save this great nation, and God, freedom, legacy, in that order.